0: Good morning. We find ourselves this morning in Exodus 1. Let's recall how we got here, And that God had made a promise. Very important to understand, the promise that God made to Abraham, although childless, Sarah being barren. And God said to Abraham, I am going to multiply your family as many as there are stars in the sky. And Abraham and Sarah <laughs> believed, but had a hard time believing this promise, as They waited a long time to have a child and God said that I'm going to bless your family so that you can be a blessing to the earth. And they waited uh, to all the nations really versus earth, but they waited a long time even after the promise, but eventually God followed through and indeed Sarah gave birth to a son and his name was Isaac and God's family began to multiply through Abraham and Sarah, but it took a while. And you might remember some of the stories of Abraham and Isaac and God, um, testing Abraham through Isaac. But as we move forward, Isaac has Jacob. Jacob has a family and Joseph, um, who Jacob favored got, uh, his brothers disowned him and, and sold him into slavery, he ended up going to Egypt, and Jake. it was reported to Jacob that Joseph was dead, and Joseph ended up, through amazing miracles and the divine plan of God, becoming uh, second to the Pharaohs in Egypt, and interpreting the dream, that there was going to be a severe famine in the land, and first there was going to be... Uh, years of multitude and of blessing of crops and then there was going to be a famine. So Joseph following the dream and Pharaoh listening to Joseph saved grain. And Egypt had an abundance of grain, but Joseph's family, uh you know, Jacob being his father and the rest of the brothers uh began starving after the famine began and they heard that there was grain in Egypt and eventually Jacob's family then goes to get grain and, you know, through a series of events, discovers that Joseph is alive. And, and the whole family, Jacob's family, Abraham's family, fulfilling the promise of God, ends up going to Egypt to survive. Now, God said that they would multiply. So he, he protected them through this amazing divine intervention with Joseph. And now Jacob and his family are all in Egypt and they're being provided for by Joseph and the Pharaoh, and they're multiplying. Just as God said, they would multiply and they are becoming uh, a a large group of people. So now they're in Exodus, or excuse me, they're in Egypt. We're in the book of Exodus and we're going to see that generations are going to pass. People are going to continue to grow and have babies in Egypt, the Hebrews that is, Jacob's family. But Joseph's going to pass on, Jacob's going to pass on, the Pharaoh's going to pass on. And things are going to begin to change as far as how well they're received in Egypt. But God's promise is going to prevail. God's promise to Abraham, which is now Israel, which they are now in Egypt. So let's, with that backdrop, now go into Exodus 1. Now these are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. They came, each one with his household, Reuben, Simeon, the sons of Jacob, Levi, and Judah, Isaacar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All these persons who came from the loins of Jacob were 70 in number, but Joseph was already in Egypt. Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. Jacob had died at the end of the book of Genesis. But the sons of Israel were fruitful, and increased greatly, and multiplied and became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with them. And I, you know, I, if you've followed along my teaching, you know that I this is an objective of God. From the very first command of God is that I've created you in my image and likeness, be fruitful and multiply. And then God said, I chose a family and I'm going to make you multiply so that you can be a blessing to the nations. And sure enough, Israel, Jacob's family, are fruitful, fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied in the land. You know, God did what he said he was going to do. You can trust God when he makes a promise. Now a king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. Apparently they may have even outgrown the Egyptians or at least more more than what the Pharaoh of Egypt felt comfortable with. Come, let us deal wisely with them or else they will multiply, and in the event of war, they will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land. So they appointed taskmasters over them, that is, the Israelites, to afflict them with hard labor, and they built for Pharaoh storage cities of Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread out, so that they were a dread in, of the sons of Israel, meaning Egypt was dreading the multiplication. They were way out multiplying the Egyptians and, you know, because God was blessing them. God was blessing their wombs. God was blessing them just like he promised Abraham he would. It's happening. The Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor rigorously, and they made their lives bitter with hard labor and mortar and bricks and all kinds of labor in the field all their labors, which they rigorously imposed on them. So Israel was not free. They ended up essentially becoming slaves because they had to sell all their belongings in order to get fed in Egypt. And they became essentially slaves in Egypt. They weren't free, but God was allowing them to be there for a season because it was for their protection, for their multiplication. And eventually, and that's where we're headed in the book of Exodus, God is gonna set his people free. To be free to worship him and to develop a nation uh, in which they can follow Yahweh, uh, you know it's interesting to think about, though, uh, if we were to go back, and you know we'd have to go back a long time now to Abraham, you know they lived a little longer lives and and the Israelites are going to spend several hundred years in Egypt before they get set free. So I want you to think about that as it relates to the promise and blessing of God. God is fulfilling his promise and his blessing to Abraham in multiplying his seed and his family. But yet, you know, he didn't get to see it all. You know, Isaac didn't get to see it all. Jacob, you know, he was starving and had to come to Egypt to get grain. And he didn't get to see it all. And Joseph, who was sent ahead, he didn't get to see it all. But yet God, as you can see, is faithful to his promise. And I think we have to realize that you know sometimes we can make life all about us. life's all about me God why are you not blessing me the way that I want And you know we just have a short life you know if we're really really blessed we might live a hundred years it, but God has got something bigger going on than just in us. He's got a kingdom he's developing on earth and then one that one day he's gonna develop you know his his well really on earth again right in the millennial kingdom. And we are a part of that we're 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 living for God in this season of life, and God is engaged in our lives, but life is not all about us life is all about him so sometimes we may not see everything that we want to see or would like to see in our you know little stint here on earth our little sojourn our little you know we're a stranger or an alien and we're here only a little while and God's working out his plan and and some of the things maybe our children will see or their children will see, but we're here to live for God and honor him in the season of life that we're here, knowing that God's got something bigger going on all the time and I think that's important to see and it puts life in perspective you know we're here to serve him and be faithful to him while we're here and uh, and allow God to work out his plan, which may Some of it may be revealed in our generation, but it it may be to future generations and we can trust God. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrews midwives, one of whom was named Sifra and the other was named Pua. And he said, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth and see them upon the birth stool, if it is a son, then you shall put him to death. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. So Pharaoh's, trying to get take things into his own hands here. He wants to stop the multiplication of the Hebrews, the Israelites in his land. But the midwives feared God. What a beautiful thing. I I love that. I personally love the fear of the Lord. But the midwives feared God. It did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. Do you fear the Lord? Do you live to serve him? Do you want to honor him so much so that... You have a proper respect and reverence for God that you don't want to do what God would not want you to do. And ultimately that your authority is him and honoring him. That is what God desires. And these women, midwives, they honored the Lord and not following the King, but in following God. And you know, there's, there's passages in the Bible that says, you know, we need to honor our government and our leaders, but that goes to the point where we would have to dishonor our Lord and then we need to put him first. And that's what they did here. And God was pleased. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and let the boys live? Because they weren't they weren't doing what he asked. The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. And that possibly is like a somewhat lie mixed with truth. Like they're saying, hey, these women are producing these babies and they're coming out quick and we can't get there. And, you know, maybe God in his grand scheme of multiplying the Israelites was making the Israelites birth just happen rapidly and easily and quickly. And they were having a hard time managing that. And, uh, you know, they also didn't want to take the boys lives because they feared the Lord. So God was good to the midwives and the people multiplied And became very mighty. God's fulfilling his promise. Don't forget about the promise of the Bible. Genesis chapter 12. Because the midwives feared God, he established households for them. Look at that. Because the midwives feared God, he established households for them. I'm telling you, there's blessing in fearing the Lord. There's blessing in honoring him. Oh, that we would just honor him in his word and fear the Lord. There is blessing in doing that. Hallelujah. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born, you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter, you are to keep alive. So Pharaoh is still trying to take things into his own hands and stop the multiplication, but it's not going to work because God is in this. God is multiplying Israel, and, you know, God is at work. And I think there's a number of things, right, we've seen today that. God is working out his plan. We need to just fear him and honor him. And there's blessing in that. And sometimes we may not see the fullness of that blessing while we're on our stay, our stay, our island, our short period of time on earth. But we can still trust that God is God. He is working. And may we fear him and honor him. And and we will see, I'll tell you this, we will, we will see blessing on earth in following God. We may not see the fullness of God's plan because it, it may be in a future generation what God's going to do. But I still believe that you will see blessing on earth for fearing the Lord. If you're not, would you consider just altering your ways, transforming your life to live for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Honor him, honor his word. And I believe that your life is going to be much better than it would otherwise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you all.